Come with me, we're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get aesthetic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie and welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am... I'm Matt. And I'm Kimbra. Welcome to 2022. The first episode of the new year. Yes. And uh, it came to my attention that George Jetson was supposed to have been born in 2022. And the movie Soylent Green takes place in 2022. So those are two very different looks at the future, which is now and the Neither one of them is our reality, but uh, but who knows where we'll be in another 20 years. So, do you know the movie Soylent Green? I don't. Mm. It's an older movie. To be honest, I've never seen it. I just know about it. It's kind of a it's kind of an extreme movie where there's like a small percentage of people that have everything, and everybody else is like poor and starving, not too far off from where we are. And then they're desperate for food, so they're eating this stuff that becomes readily available called Soylent Green. But it turns out that Soylent Green is made from people. So that's like the big thing. Soylent Green is people! Oh. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I know the Jetsons. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So there you go. But... Hey, it's 2022, so welcome to it. Uh, if you are new to our podcast, um, welcome. Welcome new people in for the new year. I don't, I don't really know why I said that. I, like, I expect all these people to come in, in the new year. We, we like, suddenly have a whole new group of people joining know. the podcast. You know what? This topic might bring a few people in that's that's different. That's because true. we've got... I, I, I don't think it's a clickbait topic, because we are going to talk about that topic, mm-hmm. but... Um, it is a, a kind of a shocker topic, and it's definitely in the news right now. It's in stuff, but we're gonna. I thought you were gonna say in the nude. It's in the nude. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the nude right now, and that'll bring a lot of people in as well. I have well. no idea why I thought you were gonna say that. Stay tuned for the nude. No, speaking of nude, um, our group cruise, which was supposed to originally be in what February? Yeah. Of 2023. We had to reschedule it to March of 2023 because it got it got basically pirated by the nude cruise. Since we're talking about it. And and yeah, I thought that'd be a good segue into join us. Um, I think we have Andrew and Mallory are gonna are gonna be booking on that they're, cruise. They're now. technically officially booked. There you go. My mom got it as a Christmas yes. present. From my cousin, she got her ticket. So uh, more and more people getting on board, quite literally, to the Carnival Pride sailing out of Tampa, March 12th through the 19th, 2023, going to Grand Cayman, Roatan, Belize, and Cozumel, in that order, mind you. And it's going to be fantastic. Our first fantastic group cruise, and it's going to be a lot of great people. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So, And if you're interested, send me an email at fantastictravel at gmail.com. That's fantastictravel at gmail.com. You know what we should do? We should we make sh- a little thing that pops up that has that email on the screen. Oh. It won't help people that are listening to the audio, but if you are watching it on YouTube, it will help you out. And if you're like, dang it, um, just go to the show notes of any of our YouTube videos, any of our podcast show notes, and you will find that email in there as well. If you have questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, whatever, for the podcast, you can also email us at fantasticcruising at gmail.com. But if you want to know about going on the cruise, um, we would prefer that you use the other email because it is Mm -hmm. the one that we use directly for customers that are booking uh, any any cruise actually, because we can book cruises for you. Uh, besides that, as well. There you go. Look at that. 
the magic of technology. There it is right there. Bam. Right there. Just like that. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into it? Um, no. No? Not that I can think of. I'm sure there's something, but no. Okay. All right. So tonight's topic is um, how has the coronavirus, COVID, uh, impacted cruising? Now, uh, there's a lot of talk about it because Omicron is crazy and everything's you know, it's all over the news again. Like it was interesting because whenever coronavirus first hit, you know, cruise ships were in the news because there were some really poorly handled, poorly understood situations that ended up tragic. Yes. But then after that, cruise lines did pretty good media wise for a while. Like we thought it was going to be like jump on the cruise lines and pound them into the ground and stuff. That didn't really happen too much. But now it is. Now they're piling on. It's like all of a sudden, even though cruises have been happening less time than other things have been open, but for a while now, um, all of a sudden with Omicron, it's like, you know, the CDC is like, you shouldn't cruise and blah, 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 blah. Well, we're not going to talk about that specifically, um, at least right now. But what we are going to talk about is how... COVID has impacted cruising, but we're talking about like what happens when, when we're past all this COVID crap stuff and what are going to be the lasting effects? And we're not looking at negatives. Honestly, I don't know if there will be any negatives in the long run. There probably are. I just, I, but they don't pop out, but there are some positives, yeah, I think there's definitely some things that COVID has made cruising change for yes. the good. Yes, and th- and things that aren't going to change back. Like, I mean, there's other there's things that have happened, like more people working from home. Uh, you know, there's there's things that have happened um, to society that will ultimately the that that uh, that that glass half full perspective on on this whole situation. Obviously, um, I don't mean that. I'm glad that it happened or anything like that. It's no, that's not what I'm saying. But, um, but we did make a top 10 list of things that we think will change permanently or probably permanently, or that have already changed and will be permanent uh, as far as cruising goes. So we're going to count up to what we think is the coolest one or the best one from 10 up to one. Right? Yeah. My my mom just texted me. And apparently the post that I put up for um the podcast on Facebook, I put recoding this week's podcast instead of recording. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so that was really random, but um we're not recoding the podcast. No, we don't code it at all, actually. Like, yeah. Sugar coded. Or is it like HTML code. I don't know. What's the, I don't know all the programming. It's been edited Language now. Language lingo. Yeah. So, all, all right, right, Kimbra, what Sorry, do you want to do? That was off topic. That I'm was sorry. way off topic. So let's get back to it. The, the, the 10 things that we think um, are positive impacts from COVID. Yeah. What is, what is number 10? Number 10 is um, the cruise lines have been putting out some really good deals. Um, they always throw out some deals here and there, but I feel like, They've been really trying to get more people in. So the deals have been insanely good. Now, this is not something that you could say, well, because of COVID, now the prices are going to be better. But I think what I heard a lot of whenever COVID was happening and the cruise lines were shut down is that, oh, the cruise lines are going to jack up the prices. Everything's going to be more expensive. I don't think we've seen that. We've seen a lot of really amazing deals. There might be some inflation on cruising once things get back to quote unquote normal, but um, I, I don't think that we're going to see these huge inflated prices anytime soon. So, uh, and you know, the cruise lines are still willing and I guess able to give pretty amazing deals. So that's why that's kind of number 10 because it sort of doesn't really fit in our list that well, but, uh, but we thought we should still at least, mention it in the list all right and number nine number nine um it says bimini it does say bimini so 
what I mean by Bimini, this was this was my input here, is that yes, Virgin was supposed to go to Bimini, and that was the first cruise line that was supposed to go to Bimini. But now Carnival goes to Bimini, and I, I think there may be some other cruise lines that go to Bimini. It's opened up Bimini, and it's not just Bimini. I feel like the whole coronavirus situation has caused the cruising industry to kind of take a second look because they can't go to certain islands. So to take a second look at where they can go and how they go there. So we've heard about cruises that were doing overnights in places that weren't Bermuda. We've heard about cruises that were staying different time frames. And so I think one of the positives that come out of the COVID thing with cruising is that it's, it's caused the cruise lines to think a little bit outside of their Caribbean box. Now, I don't know if this has had an impact in other parts of the world as far as cruising goes. I'm only familiar with the Caribbean, but just Bimini in and of itself, because as you guys know, not a real big fan of Virgin Voyages, but I'm a real big fan of Bimini. So if I can take a Carnival cruise to Bimini, that's something I couldn't have done. I feel like that wouldn't have happened had we not gotten COVID. Right. I, I don't think Carnival would have went there. And no. I mean, maybe they, maybe they would have, I don't know, but they were, as far as I know, they weren't planning on that, but you know, the Bahamas were a little more lenient about being open. And so they can't go to Grand Cayman. They can't go to Bonaire. They can't go to some of the other islands in like the Southeastern Caribbean. So what are they going to do? Let's go to Bimini. We can go to Bimini. Let's go to um, let's go to two stops in Dominican Republic. You know, let's let's do. I know Royal Caribbean did some overnight time in Coco Cay. Right, exactly. So that is that's a plus. Yeah, that's a good thing, I think. And so pretty cool, pretty cool. All right, what's number eight? Number eight is they're using less paper, so they've you know they've. Well, for Carnival, they've gotten rid of the phone times. They do it all in the app. Um, a lot of the, well, the restaurants and bars have like the the QR code that you scan. So you get the menu there. They don't have the menu for every person to touch and stuff. So less paper, which is better for the environment. It is better for the environment. Now, there are some people who really like to have that tactile fun times. And I think that it's important that the cruise lines offer that to people that do have that preference. I don't think that they should just eliminate it completely. If you're one of those people, that's fine. But for people like Kimbra and myself, we don't care about that. So why print it if we don't need it? It's just saving them money. It's better for the environment. And I actually really like the menu thing, especially the bar menu. I love that I can slide up to the bar scan a barcode and see all the drinks that they offer at that bar. Because I don't know drinks. Like I can't just go to a bar randomly and order a drink. I'm just not that knowledgeable about beverages. And, and, and it used to be, they only had, you know, a couple menus or it depends on the ship. Sometimes they had more menus, but I feel like there's just more access to that. And I also feel like I can look at it before we even go like this, which bar do we want to go to? Well, I can look at all these menus in the app and say, hey, this one has more drinks that look interesting. Same with the food. I can. I used to have to go and um, go over by the main dining room and right. look and see. Look on the wall. Yeah. Now I can just go through, and I can help me. That can help me plan what I want to do on the cruise. Do I want to eat in the buffet one night? Do I want to eat at the steakhouse one night? Well, if so, what night? Well, I can look there and go. Uh, Tuesday doesn't really have a whole lot that I'm excited about. Definitely don't want to miss Wednesday though. So it can help me to, to plan that out better. So I, I think that's a plus, but like I said, I don't think they should take away uh, the paper for people that want it. No, I just well, think not, that, not everybody carries around their phone or right, like, there's still right. a lot of people that have like, like flip phones and stuff, yeah. you know, the, the older cruising community. Are there really? I think there's some, <laughs> some people that still have flip phones. Okay. Nan still has a flip phone. Okay. There's one. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, or there's even those times that like we've, you know, put our phones on the charger and we're like, oh, we don't need it. Yeah. And then we go up to the bar and we're like, oh, we don't need it. Which most of the time isn't a problem because right. we have our phones. 
but it's nice that then they do have like one copy yeah. that you can look at. And, and I will say, I do kind of like looking at the, the physical menu in the MDR or like the steakhouse. Like I do, I do, I would say that, that I would, but you could reuse that once we're out of these stupid times. Yeah. Um, but I still like having both, you know, I like having both. So there is number eight. What about number seven? Can you handle number seven? Number seven, <laughs> the air handling systems. So they've improved the way air moves through the ship. Yeah. I mean, supposedly. There they say been, that they did. Right. I haven't physically seen that because I right. can't see air. But look, I mean, COVID aside, there there is a thing that people talk about called like cruising funk which is, you know, oh, I tend to get a, a some kind of cold or something. Not a thing I've experienced with all my cruising, but I've heard people talk about it. I know it's that way when you go to like, like I'm a sci-fi convention guy. So I've worked sci-fi conventions and I know there's like definitely convention funk, but that's your face-to-face -face with a lot more people with a lot worse hygiene. So uh, that's a thing. But look, They've supposedly improved the ventilation systems better. Uh, I think it's, I think it gives you separate, more separated air and filtered air yeah. and stuff because that was one of the problems that whenever the coronavirus first hit on like the princess ships and stuff, that all the air was, was just circulating all those germs through. Yeah. And that's, you know, that might not be a huge deal as far as when COVID's gone, but it's still a deal. Like you still don't want to get a cold or something, you know? So, and, and it's fresher air. I don't want to be breathing in, you know, the cabin next to me's air. If they just spent three days picking out of the buffet, you know, there's some unpleasantness that's going to come through that vent system. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So it makes us worse. Hygiene is an understatement for Kant. Yes. Yes. We won't talk about gamer funk, but that's a thing. Um, anyway. Uh, so, so, that seems to be something that has been upgraded. I think that was kind of a requirement for some of the mm -hmm. CDC stuff. And that's why some ships maybe still aren't sailing. I, I'm suspecting um, new ships that come out will definitely, that will definitely be a consideration. And that's just good. That's just better right there in general. I just want to point out that Reno looks really cute right now, snuggled up with his hippo toy. I'm just glad he's sleeping and not disrupting the podcast. Well, we're not done yet. That's true. All right. On to number six. Number six. Number six. Confidence in cruising. What do you mean by confidence in cruising, Matt? <laughs> well, you know, we've had some people ask us questions about cruises that they have booked in the semi-near future, like in the spring, summer, um, should they consider canceling? Uh, should they be concerned? And it's it's really easy for us now, after we've gone through the last two years, to very confidently and comfortably tell them, no, don't don't sweat it. You're okay. The cruise line has all the cruise lines have got a really good record of taking care of customers. If there is an issue with COVID or if there's other issues. Uh, that are beyond the control of the cruise industry and the customer. Now, I'm not talking about personal problems that may cause you to not be able to cruise. I'm talking about things that are, you know, happening in the world. Uh, the cruise lines are going to take care of you. They're going to give you your money back. They're going to offer you deals for future cruises. And look, a lot of people came out way ahead on those as far as like, cruise credits and things like that go. Uh, so I really feel comfortable with the cruise lines. Like they, I think they did a stellar job on the whole taking care of people. Now, having said that, I also strongly encourage you to get cruise insurance no matter when you're cruising, because there could be things that happen to you in your personal life. That's not the fault of the cruise line. That is not your fault necessarily, but it's a personal thing. The cruise line is not going to give you your money back necessarily if those things happen. So, you know, maybe you get a flight that gets canceled or um, one of the, when I, when we did a cruise geeks, Lolita Loca group cruise together, there was a, a family that didn't make it because 
they got their oil changed and the place that changed their oil forgot to put new oil in their truck and they drove off and like messed up their motor and they were cutting it too close. They didn't make it to the cruise. I don't know if they had cruise insurance, but if they didn't, they're just SOL. So get cruise insurance, but know that the cruise line is going to take care of you. So don't <laughs> really, so you don't really have to sweat it. Okay, moving on. Kimber just put a picture of Reno up for those of you that are only listening to, <laughs> because if the dog isn't distracting us, she'll distract us with the dog is, is what I'm figuring out here. So was there anything else that you wanted to say about confidence in cruising? Well, I wasn't listening to everything you said. I didn't think so. <laughs> but um, they've been really good about refunds and and credits and that sort of thing. Yes. And I think that they'll continue doing that in general. Now they probably won't be as lenient, you know, once this finally ends, hopefully soon-ish. Right. Um, but but if, you if, if something part, ever happens years. again, yeah. we know that that they'll cover yeah. what and they need so to. So get, get cruise insurance for normal, normal time stuff. But, um, but also know that, but feel comfortable and confident the cruise lines are not going to screw you over because if they do, they're going to gain a bad reputation really fast. And that is not going to be a long-term good business plan for them. The other thing that was, a, that is my concern, like people ask me, would you cruise right now? And my answer to that is, um, of course I would, I love cruising, but, uh, I would be a little worried about cruising in the next month or two, um, not because I'm worried about my health because I'm not super scared of current version of coronavirus, but, and I'm vaccinated and all that stuff. But I would be concerned that they might take away some of my islands, like our friends, Andrew and Mallory, they got uh, Bonaire and Aruba taken away from their ABC trip. But here's another thing that the cruise line did. They didn't just short them completely. I mean, that could happen if they don't have it, you know, they can only do so much, but in their case, they ended up going to Dominican Republic and Amber Cove. Am, yeah. To Amber Cove. So, yeah. um, so they did get to go to another one. And I really think that that happened because they happened to be sailing when everything just blew up again. And so they had some, some outbreaks on the ship and these islands were like, Whoa, like, I think now the cruise lines are going to be like they were, two or three months ago where they know which islands are going to say no, they know what you're going to say. Yes. They know it in advance. So they're going to adjust that itinerary beforehand. Things can happen. I mean, this can happen during regular times too. You could have really choppy seas. And so you can't get the grand Cayman because it's a tender port or Belize because it's a tender port. These things happen. So you have to always kind of have that laid back open mind about cruising anyway. But, um, but the cruise line is going to do their best to take, take care of you. They're going to go, they're, they're going to try their hardest to make the customers happy. And I think this whole situation has just really cemented that in my mind that, that, that is their, that is their objective. Yeah. So, all right. What is number five? Um, this has disproved the Petri dish theory. Yes. I, this, irks me because you hear this all the time. Cruises, cruise ships are just floating Petri dishes. Yeah. Now, look, of course, there is a higher probability of you getting sick on a cruise ship than certain other activities. But if you put all the activities that you could do in a row, cruise ships are not at the top of that list. Have you gone to a theme park? Have you gone to a bar? Have you gone to... Um, any a, a sporting event? Have you gone to an elementary school? Have you taught camp with children? Are you a teacher? All these things put you at a much higher risk of of getting infected with any kind of transmittable, airborne transmittable disease. Um, yes, you are stuck on a ship with these people, but I don't know. I don't. I don't ever feel like I'm at greater risk on a cruise ship. Having been on nearly 20 cruises, I've never gotten sick on a cruise. I've never gotten sick after a cruise. I know that's happened to, to people. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I have gotten sick doing a lot of other things that I've done less that don't get called Petri dishes. And I think that the reason that I put this on this list is because whenever cruising started back up again, 
you know, there were there were the the dooms and doom and gloom media and other people who were like, oh, cruising's back. It's going to be floating morgues and all this. Well, it, that just isn't the case. Even now with Omicron, that's like it's so contagious. You just look at a person across the room and they've got it. Uh, there are more cases on cruise ships now, but there There's are more, more cases everywhere, everywhere. And I would love to see somebody do a comparison of statistically what percentage of people are getting sick on cruises compared to these other things. It's probably a really hard study to do, but it's less than 1% of the people that have been cruising that have gotten COVID. And it's only really started to pick up in the last few weeks since Omicron. And I can tell you that, you know, it's picking up everywhere. You probably all know that. Like there's lots of people that are sick, businesses that can't open because they've got too many people that are sick. Fortunately, it doesn't seem like it's they're in the hospital sick. But I can tell you that from personal experience, there's a lot of short staff going on right now, a lot. And so, you know, I, I think that, Cruising, I still feel like if you were like, you can go to a sporting event, a concert, a theme park, a casino, a bar, or a cruise. Cruising's, I'm going to feel safer going on a cruise than any of those other things. And yes, I know I could do some of those things on a cruise because everybody on that cruise, almost everybody on that cruise, is going to be vaccinated and they're all going to get tested. So does that mean 100% nobody gets COVID? No. But it does mean that you're filtering out a lot of people that would have got through all those other things. So anyway, and not a, a Petri dish. And there's a lot of outdoor space. So you can like, if there's too many people, you can go away from them. Right, right. Now, Sean says, Matt, unfortunately, you're preaching to the converted. We all agree with you. I know that most of the people that normally listen to our podcast and watch us would probably uh, be just on the sidelines shaking their pom-poms, but I just feel like there's so much negative right now about cruising that we were like, what topic do we want to do this week? And I thought, you know what? I want to do something positive. It's the new year. You know, I want to push forward and I want to push back a little bit. If you've followed this podcast through the pandemic, you know that we don't usually talk about it. Like we didn't want to be that podcast like we we didn't want to focus on on that we wanted to focus on just cruising but i think in this case we wanted to just really kind of put that positive twist maybe some people out there will see the title and and be curious and watch it and they'll hear this perspective and maybe it'll cause them to do a little bit if they depending on what their opinion is maybe it'll just cause them to rethink that's all i ask just think about things people use your critical thinking skills you know that's all i'm asking so, all right. Anyway, um, number four. Number four. Um, even stronger focus on health and safety. Yeah, so cruise lines have always been like, wash your hands. Washy, washy. And I don't know, probably other stuff. Blow your nose. Blow your nose? I don't know. Really? <laughs> I've never had anybody on a cruise line tell me to blow my nose, <laughs> except maybe you. That's probably it, though. I've told you to blow your nose. You probably have. <laughs> I've got like boogers hanging out. Well, they've always been like, like wash your hands, but yes. they're, you know, they've stepped that up a little bit. The, they, go ahead. No, go ahead. The, 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 the fear has always been getting some sort of stomach virus. Like that's what you've always heard about on cruises is like the stomach virus that, that runs through the cruise ship because of all the dirty buffet stuff and things. So they've, they've been very uh, concerned about washing your hands. Some cruise lines will not let you serve yourself on the first day. This is before COVID uh, and things like that, things like that. They're still doing all that stuff, but now they're even being more conscientious of health things. Like we mentioned the air handling systems, there's more access to hand sanitizers, they there sanitize your door handles. Yeah. They're they're just they're taking extra steps. So when we get through this stuff, um, I feel like some of that is probably gonna go away because it's probably overkill, but some of it's a little bit more is gonna stick, and it's just gonna make cruising even 
um, less risky as far as getting colds or stomach issues and stuff. I, and, you know, so I think that's, I think that's going to be a positive outcome that, uh, that something that changes with the cruising industry <laughs> makes us thinking people. I know, <laughs> I know I, I ask a lot, but it <laughs> may also said, at least you, on a ship, you know, most people are vaccinated. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, you know, so I feel, you know, I feel more comfortable if I know that the people around me are vaccinated. Yeah. I know you can still get it. I know there's, you can still get a breakthrough case, but you're, it just, it's all about risk management and statistics and odds. And uh, that's just giving me better odds. So I like those odds. And Sean said, don't forget about the constant cleaning of the ship. Right. Absolutely. They're constantly, you know, wiping down tables, cleaning windows and walls and handrails and, and some of the um, blowing their nose. Some some of the some of the things like we mentioned with the no paper are going to help with diseases that are transmitted through touch, which COVID doesn't seem to be one. But you know, for like the the um, what's the stomach thing called? I can't think of what it's called. But but that one is transmitted through touch and then mouth and stuff like that. It's going to help with that. It's Just don't help put your that. fingers in your mouth. Well, that's hard. That's easy to say, but I know. when you're eating that guy's burger and stuffing them fries in, you know, wash your hands before you eat after you go to a, a buffet or something like that. Yes. You should do Neuro, that. Norovirus. Thank you, Meg. Norovirus. You should do that in normal life anyway. You should yes. always wash your hands before you eat. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, it's funny because working with, with animals and the public, for as long as I have, I do a lot of things where I can interact with the public with animals. And every place nowadays in the United States is very strict about giving people hand sanitizer to clean their hands after touching an animal. And yeah, that's important. But I think it's kind of funny because I always I always try and explain to people that, yeah, you should wash your hands after touching an animal before you eat. But it's even more important that you wash your hands um, before you eat after interacting with other humans because you're much more likely to catch something from them than this snake that I'm holding. Just saying. So, you know, don't think the animals are dirty. It's just, this is an over precaution for something that you should be precautioning. precautioning. I'm going to say that's a word precautioning about in your everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. And Stacy and Sean are both like norovirus, noro. So, okay. Moving on, moving on to number Three. Number three. Number three says proves it's a strong industry amidst shutdown despite negative press. Yes. That's another thing that I am sick and tired of hearing people like, you know, when, when all this happened, oh, the cruising industry isn't going to survive. And, you know, I was a little concerned at first, but it's cruising industry is just fine. Everybody still wants, well, not everybody, but people definitely still want to cruise. There absolutely. is absolutely no question that people are ready to jump on a cruise ship right now. Yes. Cruising will be okay. I mean, they did have to tighten their belts. Carnival had to get rid of some ships. Some of the other lines had to get rid of some ships. They had to make some, some sacrifices. Didn't we all during this time? Most of us, but uh, but they're going to be okay. They are not going out of business, even even if the CDC shut them down again for a few a few months until this stupid Omicron thing passes by, which I don't think they will. Uh, the cruise line's going to survive. They're not. They can handle that. They can they can withstand it. And I think they've proven that. I mean, if they didn't prove that, then they wouldn't be building all these new ships. They didn't stop building new ships. They sold some of their old ships and they've streamlined stuff. I'm sure it cost them a lot of money. They lost a lot in profits. They're still building new ships. They wouldn't be doing that if they were like in dire straits or something. Cruise industry is going to be just fine. So yes, that is number three. Number two. Number two. My phone keeps turning off. Yeah, and Stacy says, what other business could have survived what happened to the cruise lines for over a year? Right, because no other business in the United States got that I know of got shut down as long as cruising. No, the, None the of them. Cruise lines have gotten so much. They they have taken the so brunt. much. They have taken the brunt, and it's and it not, doesn't end. Like it just yeah. keeps happening, and yeah. they're 
it's not fair. Like it's so ridiculous that you can do all like you could all these other things opened up and and whether I agree with those or not is another another topic for discussion. But all these things opened up with no restrictions, especially in Florida, and the cruise industry was just like halted. But they they were resilient. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean says Australian PO uh, in Australia PO Australia still have not been given the nod, they are still in business and they are prepared to wait for the go ahead. I mean, right. These are huge mega companies and um, I'm sure some, there are some smaller companies that did not withstand. But even this, Bahamas but, Paradise is holding up. Like right, I thought that one was going to be for, gone. Right. Right. Um, but they're, they did sell one of their ships. On. Yeah. They're hanging on. Um, yes. Yeah. It's a strong industry. And th if that's not evident by the fact that, I mean, look how much more popular cruising has gotten in the last 10 years. Like it, it has just exploded. And you can tell that from the cruising community that has exploded from nothing to hundreds of cruising channels and websites and groups. And, and that's just the people that are into it enough to participate in those things. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. Bahamas Paradise is becoming Margaritaville. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. So maybe they got bought out. Okay. I knew and, that Margaritaville was becoming a thing. I didn't know that that, that was, that was uh, the Bahamas same thing. Paradise. Yeah. That could be a good thing. Yeah. It could Bahamas be. Paradise is a little sketchy. Yeah. So I don't know. But, you know, that could be fun. Well, I'd be interested in trying that. That could be like the anti-Virgin Voyages cruise line then. Because it could be like, instead of like totally obsessed with how things look and everything being it's just chill it's just like sit chill, back relax. like i can drink totally, your beer on the beach i could get behind yeah. that 100 yeah so yeah we'll have to try that's that the cruise now. i think i would like <laughs> all right on to number two number two technology hmm. so the technology has gotten crazy good for you know what it was like the carnival's app was already really good but it's even better yeah um, Royal has done something with their app. So it's actually usable, not amazing, but usable. <laughs> um, the embarkation and debarkation process with how it works with the technology of the take your picture and you do it all on the app ahead of time. It's super quick. Mm -hmm. I think they were probably getting there anyway, right? but they had that year and a half to like really focus in on it and get that technology taken care of. Yeah. And they've, they've done well. Yeah. I, this is where things were headed, uh, but they weren't going fast. They were moving at like, they were moving at like um, landline speeds instead of, you know, yeah. internet came like now they're moving at fiber optic speeds. So they're, they, they just, it sped everything up because they had all this downtime and they needed, out of necessity, they needed to get some of these virtual things going. Um, you know, they were already tinkering it with, with it, like Princess had the thing, and mm -hmm. Virgin would have come out with their band, which for the most part worked really well. Yeah. Um, but everything got expedited, and yeah, there were a lot of improvements in, in all the technology, especially uh, the apps, of course, but yeah, like you said, checking in and out, and facial detection. I mean, man, that one one positive about Virgin Voyages, it was so easy, like getting on and off the ship because you just had the bracelet, just bloop, and they could see your face. Like that's coming to everybody, but I think it's coming a lot faster now because I still of, miss the card. Everything. Like I still <laughs> I like the card. I mean, I don't know. It's it's my souvenir piece. So you've just gotta I know. You've just got to find it something else. Well, it was supposed to be the keychain, but Virgin also didn't have that. Well, okay. All right. All right. Well, fine. Other, all the other cruise ships will have that. <laughs> I bet even the Margaritaville ship will have keychains. I hope so. I'm sure they will. We're going to do that, right? Uh, yeah, of course we will. Cool. Of course we're going to do that. So, okay. So, so yeah. So, number two, technology um, and stuff has, has just got, like, kicked into overdrive and uh, definitely a big, big plus a big boost yes as far as that goes part of that goes with the menus and stuff being virtual as right. well and then number one if you've been on a cruise 
since the pandemic, you already know what number one is. It's such a small part of the cruise, but it's it was the worst part of the cruise other than them making you get off the ship. And now it is barely worth mentioning other than the fact that it's so much easier to do. And what is number one, Kimbra? Muster. Mm. Yes, it is amazing. You watch a video, you go get your card scanned, and you're done. No more standing in tight lines and crowds of snotty children for minutes on end. Yeah, talk about worrying about getting sick. I remember being smashed out on the deck, like lined up like cattle, waiting for the people that couldn't make it to the stupid muster on time. And then just there's like a kid like always in front of me diagonally to my right who's like (coughs) and I'm like, oh, this is a seven night cruise kid. If I get sick in two or three days, I'm coming after you. But but also it's hot. It's just inconvenient. Muster is so easy now. I mean, Virgin needs to if if Virgin's muster would have been the muster before COVID, we would have been like, this is amazing. Now we're like, come on, Virgin, this sucks. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but no, yeah, but, it but was relative to like what Carnival and mm-hmm. Royal are doing for muster. Oh, oh, so easy. Yeah, and and you know what? Not only is it easier, I honestly, as a as an educator type of person, that was a good way to say that in in an educated improper, way, in an improper sentence. Uh, I'm going to learn you. Um, and in but from an educator's perspective, I feel like people probably retain learn and retain that information better the way muster is done now well, than being cattle called onto the deck waiting forever for them to come on well i was gonna say i actually probably know what i'm supposed to do right because right. when you're standing with all those people sometimes you're in the very back you can't even hear them talk you don't even yeah. know what they're trying to tell you they're holding up some life jacket and they stick it on and then they say bye yeah like I don't even know what they told me to do before. Yeah. Now, at least, like with Royal, you watch the video. Carnival, you have to watch them do it for like a minute, and but it's quick, it's done, and you actually do have that. You know, you know what you're actually supposed to do if something happens. Right. So I, I think that it's it's better from a customer service perspective. It's also better from a safety perspective. It's just a win-win kind of a situation. So look, I mean. Like I said in the beginning, I, I'm not celebrating COVID by any stretch of the imagination. It's horrible, but uh, but there are positive things that have come out of it. Just like war, there's positive things that come out of it by necessity, um, and not to compare COVID to war, but uh, but I think that there are things that have changed that will remain changed in our lives that are for the better and in the cruising world, I think there are quite a few examples of those. So, so there, that's, that's our positive outlook on the future of cruising. Yes. Thanks. Coronavirus. Thank you, COVID. (laughs) But also F you COVID. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, Right. So that, yeah, if you, if you have things, did we miss something? Um, Are there negative things that we aren't thinking of? Cause we didn't really cover negative things. We didn't really, I'd have to really stop and think about it to come up with some negative things, but um, let us know. Send us an email, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. And we will, you know, maybe we'll talk about those. But this podcast is about cruising and there's a dog again. We want to keep it positive. So he's just so stinking cute. It's the same picture though. You want me to take a new one? It was just, it was a process to get it to the computer. Oh, brother. If I had a Mac, this wouldn't be a problem. If you are, um, yeah, if you if you are just listening to this in the future, then um, I'm sorry, but you can go watch the YouTube and and you can see Reno curled up. All right, well, let's get to our cruise creature then. Well, did that just cut off? Weird? Yeah, it did. It just, it just Why did it cut strangely. off? I don't know. It also does this weird thing where it speeds up music and slows it down. And yeah. Stuff like that. And that's like a stream yard issue or something. Well, look, 
we were trying to think what would be a good cruise creature for today's episode. When we can, we try and relate it to the episode. Sometimes that's hard. We just have to go for a cruise creature. You know, this is our 121st episode, and we have had a new cruise creature for almost every single one of those. There have been a couple when we didn't cover a single creature. but We also repeated one. We did repeat one, but but almost 120 creatures have been covered. Let's yeah. just say 115. And I think we can solidly say 115 creatures have been covered. That's a lot of creatures. On this podcast. And I've done a couple of them. You have done a couple of them. But uh, but one of them that we haven't covered, which is, to be fair, <laughs> you'll probably never see this creature on a cruise. Sean said it cut off because you're not using a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you'll probably never see this creature on a cruise, but you could, especially if you're cruising in Australia or California. Uh, there's a... Um, slight but real possibility you could potentially see this creature, and that is Carcharodon carcarius, the great white shark. Now, why the great white shark? Because I was like, I was trying to think of what cruise creature to do, and I was like, you know what? What's a cruise creature that can relate to the cruising industry? You know, like a creature that. That is really not a bad creature. It's a good creature. People that know this creature love it and think it's a, an amazing thing, but it gets a lot of bad press because of a few very isolated few incidents, And but the press just jumps on it and makes it out to be something that it's not, something very negative, but yet it overcomes that. And I thought, of course, the great white shark. I mean, what a great example. It's gone through a lot of, of different uh, views through society over the years. Jaws didn't do it any favors, although a lot of people who are like, like us were influenced by Jaws and then turned that into a positive. So I'm not anti-Jaws, but it did, it did have some negative effects. But look, great white sharks are really, really cool animals and they're really important animals to our oceans and they get a bad reputation that they don't deserve. It is extremely rare that people are actually harmed by great white sharks. And if you look at it from the shark's perspective and how many sharks are harmed by humans, it's a joke to complain about great white sharks. I mean, hundreds, I've heard numbers as high as hundreds of millions, at least hundreds of thousands of sharks killed each year and not in sustainable ways. Shark populations around the world are shrinking for many species. Great white shark is one of them. It's really hard for biologists to get the, the census numbers on a shark, especially one like the great white shark, because unlike, say, lemon sharks or Caribbean reef sharks, that they may do a little bit of migration, but not as much. Great white sharks, we've come to realize they are swimming long, long, long distances. So to do population studies is really, really tricky on an animal that one, you can't even see half the time. And two, they're not in the same place all the time. So it's it's tricky, but we can tell from other things that in certain areas, uh, shark populations are, um, are being negatively impacted. In other places though, things have changed. Like in, in the case of the great white shark, there are populations that are starting to rebound causing problems and other things that are off balance because of things that have happened in our environment. But, um, but that's a good thing. And that is partially because despite all the negative press and negative publicity, these animals get, I feel like on the whole society has grown past the sharks are scary monsters. There are still plenty of people that feel that way. And let me tell you, I see them every day, but on the whole, I think that society has grown up a little bit and learned to look at the shark as another animal and an amazing creature in, in our in our world. So great white sharks are the pinnacle of that. Getting huge. Do you know how big great white sharks can get? 24 feet. 24 feet has not been proven. 20 feet. But 20 feet has. So there there are <laughs> I was gonna say 20, but I felt like it wasn't enough. There are plenty of there are plenty of uh instances where sharks have been claimed great white sharks, which by the way, for our Australian listeners, sometimes are called white pointers. Uh they've been found 
and claim there's claims that they've been over 20 feet. There's even a claim of shark, great white shark, that was like 37 feet, which is probably horribly wrong. But uh, in in many of the cases, the there were photographs, but it was weird perspectives. A lot of them have been debunked. So as as a science leaning person, I always tend to to err on the side of caution. And so I will not confirm that any great white sharks have been found over 20 feet because I don't know that. And I don't think anyone does, except maybe if you're a shark swimming out there and you know how to do measurements, but that's probably not very many of them. So, uh, but 20 feet is big. I was going to try and think of a shark that could possibly do measurements, but the, the first <laughs> shark that popped in my head was the cookie cutter shark who <laughs> probably doesn't measure yeah, that's things. That's not going to work. So, uh, Hey, professor travels in there. Hey, I know professor I Travel. said hi to him. Oh, well, um, so now I try the last one. So females, by the way, in sharks typically are bigger than males. So where the average female great white is not going to get to 20 feet, they're going to probably average more like around 15 or 16 feet. Uh, the average male is going to top off at usually around, usually around 12, maybe, maybe 13 feet, but they're considerably smaller. So when you get these huge monstrous 20 foot sharks, they're probably big females. And there's also a difference in poundage. So great white sharks, they're like me. They get taller and then they just start to expand. And the females especially, get they get real big. So uh, yeah, they can get, so they look pretty big, but not, nothing compared to the biggest sharks in the world, which of course are whale sharks. Whale shark. And what's number two? You don't know uh, the number, the second largest shark? Also a filter feeder? Oh, the basking shark. I was going to say, I knew she knew that. That's why I was giving her grief. <laughs> Whale sharks can get at least 45 feet and uh, basking sharks, I think, I think they're like, I don't know. I'd have to look them up. I don't know off the top of my head, but they're not as big as whale sharks, but they're bigger than white how sharks. Big, how like big was Jaws supposed to be in the movie? Even. So I want to say Jaws was only supposed to be about well, which movie? Because it got it got bigger and bigger, and then in the later movies, which scene? Because it changed from scene to scene. <laughs> Talk to me about the movie Anaconda. Anyway, um, I want to say like twenty feet or twenty five. Like it wasn't that big of an exaggeration from a real big great white shark. It wasn't like you know, unlike megalodon, which is like not only is that shark extinct, and yes, I will die on that hill, but also the Megalodon movies make the shark way bigger than it ever could have been. Like most scientists will tell you that Megalodon got maybe, maybe 50 feet. Uh, of course you can find plenty of material that'll tell you they got 70 feet, but that's, um, that's probably wrong. We don't know. It could be right, but it's probably not. So anyway, great white sharks, they live in really all over the planet, just about in the oceans. So they, they're not a shark that goes into fresh water, at least not very far. They might go up a little bit into a brackish area. Like in New York, there was a, where the Jaws movie was inspired by, there was an incident up there a long time ago, but, um, but they're more of, they're more of a coastal shark and they tend to be in colder water. So that's partially because of their anatomy, but partially because of their diet. So Great white sharks are big and they burn a lot of energy. They're almost warm blooded. Um, so they have to eat a lot. And so you have to eat something with a lot of, of fat and stuff to make it worthwhile too. So they're going to eat a lot of seals, sea lions, things like that, mammals. And most of those things are going to be in colder water where you get sharks like tiger sharks that are going to be in more tropical water. And they're going to eat big things like sea turtles and stuff of that nature. They still eat fish and everything, uh, but but really they're going to sustain on, on those uh, on those big big pinnipeds and things like so that. So not people. Not people. In fact, um, you guys have all heard this before, but when sharks do bite humans, um, typically it's it's one and done. Like there are exceptions to that for sure, and that we think that's because we're just bony creatures. Even, uh, even us fluffy cruisers are kind of too bony for the shark. So they bite into us. They're like, no, that ain't right. You know, you've only had that meal where you bite into it and you're like, I don't think I'm going to take another bite of that. 
that's how humans are to sharks. At least that's that's kind of how we we understand them to be. Because if they weren't, then there'd be a lot more shark attacks than there actually are. So, and those shark attacks would end differently. Because normally a person is bit and then the shark is gone. Like I said, there are exceptions to that. Watch Shark Week. They'll highlight all three of them over and over again for the next 10 years. But uh, but normally that's not the case. That's not what happens. Now, Carcharodon is their genus, and that actually literally, literally translates into jagged teeth. So Carcharodon, Carcarius is jagged teeth shark. I don't know what the Carcarius etymology is, but that's what Carcharodon is. Carcass. Carcass. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's don't know. the first word that I thought of when you said that. Yeah. Um, what else? What else about great white sharks? They've been around a long time, um, but not as long as, as Megalodon. Um, well, we did have a question asking if we would snorkel or dive with them. Oh, yes, 100%. Yep. Now, I will say the great white shark is the only shark that I would not 100% be sure that I would swim, like snorkel or dive outside of a cage with. Yeah, I would dive a in a cage with them. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't, though. Now, if I didn't know it was there, of course, then, then I would be diving with it unknowingly outside of a cage. But if I was, like, doing a great, great white shark dive, I would feel much more comfortable if I was doing it in a cage. If there was, but if there was an, an established group that did white shark dives without a cage and they were doing it for a while, I would probably feel comfortable enough doing it uh, in that situation, but I'd have to be in the right circumstance. So, but I would love to do a shark dive or a cage dive with, uh, with the great white. I think that would be really cool because really, the only way you're going to see a great white is if you happen to be lucky enough to see one off of the side of a boat, or if you are really lucky and see one while you're diving, or if you do a cage dive, because you can't see them in aquariums. Nobody successfully keeps great white sharks in captivity. It's just, you did, nobody's figured out how to do it. And, the, and part of the problem is that great whites, they, they migrate, they travel a long ways, they have a lot of dietary requirements, but also they're kind of high stress sharks and they're fast swimming sharks. Their closest relatives are mako sharks, which are the fastest of all the sharks. And so you put them into an aquarium and they freak out and they end up damaging themselves, stressing themselves out and they end up dying. And of course, uh, you know, aquariums, if they have, if they're reputable at all, which most aquariums are, the last thing they want to do is bring an animal into captivity and then have it die. So, um, so, it's it's been attempted a few times, mostly in Asia. Um, but the only place I know of that's ever had any success with great whites is the Monterey Bay Aquarium that has kept juvenile great whites in an outdoor um, thing connected to the bay for a limited amount of time, and then they released them so they could study them. So speaking of young great whites, do you know how big they are? At birth. Oh, I don't, but they are live bears. You do. I do. How big are they? Five feet. Five feet. Five wow. feet. So do you know how many they have at a time? Because five feet is big. Now, I do know that female great whites don't hit sexual maturity until they're probably about 30, in like 30, 33 years old. And males, I think it's in their 20s. So these are long-lived sharks. They're one of the longest-lived sharks that we know of other than like Greenland sharks, which probably live 400 years, but most sharks are going to be in the 20 year range. Uh, but there's like 500 plus species of sharks. So there's, there, there's a all, they're all over the place, but great whites. I, I have probably live like 70 question. years. Yeah. Two to 12 babies, 12, five foot pups. Yeah. Okay. Mom is, let's say she's a 17, 18 foot mom and she's squeezing out 12, five foot babies. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. I don't want to be there Oof. at that time. I, I wonder if that's, I wonder if the average is, is, uh, is lower than that. Does it say, did it say what their gestation is on that? I see it says longer than humans. 
Um, let me just look up those words. So one of the ways that great white sharks do feed as well is um, they'll feed on dead whales. Whales die out in the open ocean. Sharks have a really good sense of smell. And so they can, they can find that rotting whale carcass and they don't, a misnomer about sharks is that they need to eat all the time. They do need to eat a lot, but they don't eat that often compared to like mammals and stuff like compared to dolphins and, and whales. They're not eating nearly that much. So like they can go find a whale carcass and they can get enough meat off that to sustain them for maybe a, a month and a half or something like that. So what was it? 12 months, 12 months. So a humans, nine, 10, 11, 12. So about three months longer that those babies got to cook. This this that says two to ten pups. Yeah, I. But still. What website is that? Is that this reputable? is Britannica. Britannica. So I. So I don't know. We need to do a little more. The more other one was Ocean that, something. Um, Ocean.si.edu. I would have guessed that their their number would have been two to four, two to five, but but maybe it's maybe it's higher. That's interesting. Hey, you learn stuff new all the time, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is Meg asking? I mean, she's 5'2", and that took me 38 years to reach. <laughs> <laughs> what is she wanting to know? How, how, uh, oh, how to, oh, how to get to five feet. Okay, gotcha. It only takes them 12 months. Right. It took Meg like over 30 years to get to five <laughs> Come on, Mike. You were full grown before. <laughs> Mike that, said right? another thirty-eight. You'll be ten feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and hey, Mike. Um, so yeah. Uh, so great white sharks. What a cool animal. And um, and like the cruising industry, uh, uh, something that gets slammed by the media that doesn't deserve it, and uh, and yet has prevailed and proven to be an amazing thing. So there you go. Cool. That was a good cruise creature. I think so. I love great white sharks. They're not my favorite shark, but I mean they're they're your they're your introductory shark. You know, they're like your your entry shark. What's there's another word for that? Like your, you know, like when you're when you're starting a new thing, it's your entry level. Entry level is the word. I, don't know. I feel like there's a better term for that. But anyway, they're your entry level shark for most most people i think that get into sharks like you find out about the great white oh the great white shark within they're very cool and then you start learning about other sharks hopefully and you find out that wow sharks are very diverse and very cool and there's so many amazing things about them like the greenland shark living 400 years that's crazy um but but they're they're always hold a special place you know and they're such beautiful animals like like people say they look creepy like you know discovery channel always describes their their eye, they don't have the nictitating membrane that some sharks have. Their eye just rolls back to protect it. So they're like, you know, they focus on that. But if you watch a shark swim, not in a documentary where they're like feeding them things, but just watch them swim in an aquarium or in, in real life or find a like a regular nature video, uh, they are beautiful, graceful creatures that are just amazing. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Anything else we want to talk about before this episode's up? It is eight o'clock, so pair DJ is coming on. If you are on the YouTube's, yeah. So we can go ahead and, and wrap this one up. All right. Well, on that note, it's time to head for the horizon, and until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. You know what? What? I remember it's gateway shark. That's what I was trying to think of. Gateway, like a gateway drug. The great white is your gateway shark. Got it. It's your gateway shark. Which I don't know why I could remember the word gateway. I'm from St. Louis. With the gateway arch. The arch. I should know that word. That should just be like part of my regular vocabulary. But it's, you know, it's not. Also, 
thank you guys for sticking around after the credits. We should mention too, heading for the horizon, if you're not aware, we will be heading for the horizon in 2022, October, on the group cruise of the Down Under Cruisers. And while well, there's several other people, we always talk about the Down Under yeah. Cruisers because although we, we know and like the other groups, the Down Under Cruisers are like, they're like, they're our homies, right? So, <laughs> I mean, of, of the three, they're the ones that said almost daily texted you, are you going on the group cruise? Right. They, they really. <laughs> pulled our you know twisted our arms also and because it's two days they have after the blackmail photos because it's two days after my birthday alana is gonna jump out of a cake for that's me. right that's right so and after seeing her new year's hat that she had on i feel like that's like something like that would be appropriate yeah like the head headdress there yeah <laughs> no it's it's gonna be a good cruise though there's a, there's a lot of cool people on that cruise including kenny who is in our chat right now yes who is going to be on there so uh lots of cool people on that cruise so check it out if you want to cruise with us that one is going to the bc islands no the, the aci the, the ab islands, the abs the ab islands as well as some other cool spots do you know what those are the D dominican republic yeah it's it's the cruise that we went on on horizon except two, it's two B dominican republic and then yeah. on air and Aruba. Aruba. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. You cannot go wrong with that. Yes, we do need to come over there to the West Coast, <laughs> Scott. Also, Scott, I'm really glad that you joined us. I was thinking about you the other day. Scott will be on our group cruise. Yes, he will. That's the Professor Travel, if you if you are not aware. Uh, in the chat there, uh, Professor he's, Travel. He's chatting on podcast. Facebook, though, so most of them probably can't see that. No. Well, it, well, he is there. So go check out the Professor Travel YouTube channel and podcast. What is Sean saying? It's one day after my mother's birthday too. The cruise, the group cruises, one day after your mom's birthday. Is your mom? She, your mom's not coming though, is she? No, she's not coming. 